Right, it's uh, eight minutes past two o'clock. Welcome back to the one, two, three show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Now, um, since it's Tuesday, you know it. Time for Andrew Dambina. Andrew, it's great to speak to you again. How are you doing today? Noreen, yes, I'm. Uh, I'm doing fine today. How are you? Yes, I'm doing very well. I- I'm. I'm really excited because I'm back in Kowloon Tong. I keep saying this on air, but I don't You're think. Back in the studio. I'm, I'm back in the original studio. Well, this sort of new youth studio, we call it. The, the temporary one with a window. That can't be bad. I know. It's so nice to have. I wish we could stay here forever and ever. For, for our listeners, yeah. you, you don't understand. I've joined RTHK for, what, 14 years, and we always have a, a small studio with no windows. You never see what it's out, what's like outside. And there's no sunlight. It's dark. The curtains are, are a bit dingy. Um, but the studio is lovely and, and rustic, as I'd like to call it. But uh, it's nice to have a window here. And it's nice to be amongst colleagues as well. So, yes. Yeah, Yay. that's good news. It feels like a step back to normality, probably, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, back in uh, in Broadcast Drive, then, um, for uh, for our first Tuesday since you've been reinstated there. I hope you um, have some great things to share. Well, I do, I do, I do. But I want to recap on something first. You might have touched on it, um, or people may have heard bits about it in the news, but because we did a Zoom with a couple of uh, um, winemakers from France last week, this time last week, we um, we didn't mention that uh, we didn't recap on the dining restrictions which have, which have been announced to be changed, which happened in an announcement by the government last Monday. That's it was right. announced... Yeah, it was that all current restrictions will stay in place until April the 28th, nearly the end of this month. Some rules will ease after this time, but for those only who have been vaccinated. So this is, this is how it's been broken down, according to the announcements of last week. Restaurants with vaccinated staff who have received their first dose, that's the staff, will be allowed to open until midnight and seat up to six customers per table. And when the staff have received the second dose of their vaccination, restaurants will be able to seat customers who have had their first injection in a separate area and seat eight guests per table and operate until later than 2 a.m. Winning. Winning. That's good news. Yes. And um, guests who are dining out, though, will still need to use um, Leave Home Safe app or fill out the health declaration forms and wear masks while ordering their food and waiting for it or if they're picking up food and have their temperatures checked before entering any restaurant, of course, regardless of vaccinations or not. Mm. So that's one thing to bear in mind. You still have to go through those privileges that you can have more to your table and be there later. What about bars, then, I hear you ask silently, Noreen. <laughs> um, from, from the 29th of April, bars will finally, hey, be allowed to open, having been closed since late November. It's been that long, really. Um, so as long as staff have received their first dose of the vaccine. To be fair, the bars serve. that I, I walk past yeah. um, have always been opened. I suppose they... Really? Yeah. Um, I, well, I live in Kennedy Town, so I suppose the bars that, that I they see... They serve food. They serve food as well. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a very um, kind of fine line between those. We've touched on it before, I think, when various um, regulations have been enforced. But... Um, we, uh, yeah, we, 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 we have a clear report on what's going to be defined. Anything that is like a bar will need their, um, their, their servers to be 
had to have a vaccine in order to uh, to, to serve customers who have also had a vaccine. Mm-hmm. So that's the way it's going to work. Um, and I, I, that, 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 that's the main news regarding food and beverage, really, on the uh, change of regulations from the 29th of April. So those who have been vaccinated are going to benefit from that quite a lot. Even Good news. Exactly. Good news on a, on a nice day. It's really nice and sunny out there. I mean, my mind is not wandering off, but I'm just looking outside the window, which we, it's such a luxury to just look out yeah, at the blue skies. I know. En- enjoy that before the old studios are renovated and you're back in the bunker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, next up then on this Tuesday report, um, on to an interesting new opening. Yes, restaurants are... Oh, sorry, Andrew. I think we lost you there for a second. Sorry. Really? Yeah, no. yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, well, go on. I would, I'll, I'll just say uh, that uh, restaurants are still launching in these, you know, difficult times for restaurants and bars, albeit in small numbers. A new cafe has just opened that combines a coffee shop menu and flower arrangements. Um, it's, called, it's called Natura, it's in one chai, and it's the brainchild of florists rather than traditional food and beverage uh, management teams. So, so it's florists who have actually opened this and then they've got advice on what to, how to make it into a cafe. The cafe itself is, um, is quite sort of a, you know, a, a, an eco-friendly one with low carbon, uh, ingredients, so it's getting things from regionally, if not Hong Kong and very close to Hong Kong, so that the carbon footprint is low. And it's a flexitarian diet. Are you familiar with that buzzword, Noreen Mir? Flex- no. Flexitarian. Is it sort of okay. like a vegetarian but being flexible? Um, I, it, there's some vegetarian. It, it's vegetarian and meat. So it's. Um, but then it how you're a vegetarian that, if no, you eat no, meat? No, no, it's not. No, no. It's, what, it, what, it, what it aims to do is to have dishes that can be vegan, vegetarian, oh. or for carnivores. However, all of them are, when you use the term flexitarian, just drop it into your vocabulary. Like, I mean, um, terroir is in <laughs> terroir. there now, isn't it? After yes. discussing, yeah, drop this one in as well, Doreen. Remind our listeners what terroir means again. It's to do with wine, and when you're talking about yeah. sort of white wine or red wine, it's nice to use the word yeah. terroir. Terroir, yeah. Yeah, you can say, I can really taste that terroir on the tip of my tongue. I mean, that's a, but you wouldn't really say that. I'm just saying something that sounds a bit, but it's, it, terroir is actually the microclimate around the vineyard. So you could, in effect, sound smart. Yeah, you can taste the microclimate. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, you know, you know, if it's had lots of sun on the grapes, you know, if it's got a chalky soil or a mineral soil, that sort of thing. That's what, that, that's when, when you, basically, it's microclimate, a term that's used for, for microclimate in French and is used for wine. Flexitarian, on the other hand, is ecological um, sound, ecologically sound um, ingredients and cooking methods, everything that's done to take care of the environment while you're importing ingredients and while you're cooking them in a responsible way not to use more power than you need to. So you might do slow cooking or you might, uh, not, not to waste packaging, anything that is environmentally friendly really um, and that includes the uh, the ingredients so this particular restaurant Natura in Wan Chai along with many others in the world that are going on this flexitarian wave they are not having beef at all even though they're serving meat because they think that generally a lot of beef with some few exceptions um, as we've discussed before and I know you're uh, well up on this through, with some of your other guests on the program Green Queen and, uh, and others That's who right. are in, 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 environmentally yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that, that, that beef, uh, like some other agricultural produce, does 
um, get rid of forests and gets rid of rather too much land per cattle, per cow, that can be used. It's the same, you know, we've spoken about avocados before as well, haven't we, which are um, uh, grown in places at the expense of other um, vegetarian, which is not uh, not really environmentally conscious. Exactly. So, they use up a lot of water and also contribute to a large percentage of deforestation in Mexico. So as yeah. long as you can get sustainable and sustainably grown avocados, and I'm all for it. But, you know, I used to be a fan until my mom told me, you know, you shouldn't eat avocados. They're, you know, chop yeah. down the trees. And every time I go to the supermarket and buy the cheaper ones, I hear her voice saying, shouldn't eat avocado. It's probably not what my really? mom sounds like. Does she, <laughs> she go chopping with you a lot? No, she doesn't. But every time I go oh, to the shop, I, I hear that in my head, which is worse. <laughs> Right, right. You're, she's become your conscious yeah. on, 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 on matters avocado. Yeah, and um, almonds as well. Okay, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah, yeah. Just to, just, um, just to, just to say, though, in this, in this particular place, and this is certainly no promo, but it's just an interesting concept that I came across, and I haven't been there. I read about its opening. I got sent a press release about its opening. But um, the, uh, the fact that they're doing, that florists have been bold enough, it must be a hard enough time. I wonder if it's come out of the fact that people have not been able to go away and people do need to eat and people maybe have been getting more takeout. That's been happening during the whole COVID period. So maybe some florists thought, well, they're not getting so many flowers. Perhaps we can do a hybrid with a, um, you know, with food stuff as well. But it's taking a risk, really. Um, What they are doing, though, is changing their theme of flowers, which are dried flowers that hang from the ceiling. And um, I've seen pictures of this online looks pretty cool. It's dried flower arrangements and of course these arrangements can be bought as takeout as well as the food. So it's quite clever really. I think it's, I've never heard of such a concept so it's quite interesting. That's, um, and if anyone wants to look at that online it's Natura N-A-T-U-R-A mm. um, On to global news now um, I came across an interesting uh, new UK startup company which is uh, making alternative tofu made from peas rather than soya beans oh. and uh, yeah i mean um peas and beans have been used in in other some of the other um you know big names that we've mentioned many times before who are making burgers based in the uk um but um but this is this is something new coming out of the uk um uh, the, sorry, the uh, the ones that we talked about were from the US, yeah, so that was uh, impossible and beyond. I just googled um, tofu made from peas. That's very interesting. And you can also make tofu from peanuts or chickpeas. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. You can also, listen to this, what I found out. You can also make it. That is, that is interesting, though. Also, from, get this, condensed milk. No. Tofu. But yes. yes. That's so, insane. So, uh, within, the, within the different... Uh, market categories um tofu made from condensed milk is considered to be the third fastest growing tofu in the market of tofu types <laughs> after um after seitan do you know what seitan or maybe it's pronounced seitan s-e-i-t-a-n no it's what's vegan that meat oh vegan meat okay it's made it's, it, yeah it's made from hydrated gluten from wheat you know the stuff that some people can't digest yeah gluten. you for yeah. celiac or those who are gluten intolerant they can't eat that yeah Oh, it, shame. No, they were, yeah, it's the main protein found in wheat, gluten, yeah, and um, right. seitan has become uh, um, the, uh, the 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 second largest. The uh, along and the other the other newest one that's really popular is also called mycoprotein. That's protein derived from fungi, 
from usually from fungi that can be eaten by humans, such as mushrooms and ear fungus, you know, from Chinese. Uh, oh yeah, Chinese, and wood uh, ear and yeah, mok yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this British startup has um, it has developed from a very small. Um, seed fee really it's from 150,000 pounds that's 1.6 million Hong Kong dollars that's the first round of investment to ensure that it launches next year really that's not a lot of money given that the founder whose name is Tor Kemp um, has told investors that he expects to see by 2025 um, the, this, this, this uh, vegetarian protein in retail stores it's called Pifu which is, I'm not sure about that as a name. What do you reckon? Yeah. I'm just going to get, don't, don't forget to get me some tea while you're down at the supermarket. It doesn't, because it's, uh, you know, obviously a cross between tofu and peas. But it's a bit of a corny name, isn't it? No, I could um, not tell. There was a mix between the name. No, just pulling it No, I know. It's, it's so subtle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all, we're, I mean, we're all familiar with tofu in Asia, of course, being based in Hong Kong, and we know that it's used in Indonesian, Japanese, and you name it, you know, Chinese. It's, it's meant to be, uh, the, the soya bean version is meant to be originally uh, invented in China. Um, but it's also become so popular in Western culture, particularly the US, and it's taken Europe a bit of time to cotton onto it, I think. That's why the ones, those brands that we mentioned before that are selling the burgers made out of alternative bean protein are around are already around the world and i think this company people i think it should work on its name though still is um is is hoping to kind of go against those big boys who are already out there i think doing the burgers and sausages that you see in lots of supermarkets around hong kong and around the world so that's interesting that's very interesting um, and the condensed milk thing really shocked me yeah that's i know shocking. i hadn't heard that one before yeah. as well yeah, and the target the target market. I'll just I'll just wrap up this little section. I've still got one more after this, but I want to say the target market that the uh, that the CEO says is um, we get the word again. Two reports today with the same word flexitarians. He is aiming at so-called flexitarians who like to eat um, vegetarian and vegan food and sometimes meat, but like something different. And we've talked about this before in the appeal of those, um, let's say, uh, uh, beyond or impossible meats, haven't we? It's not just for people who don't touch meat, it's people who think, rightly or wrongly, that they're eating something healthier, and there's the moral issue too. Hmm. So we've also talked about the fact that there are additives, and the CEO addresses that. He did in a press conference that he gave last week. So this report about PSU launching is very new, just came out in the last couple of days across a few different nutrition-minded publications. Yeah, because so at the end of the day, eat. these meat alternatives, they're still they're still processed food, you know, it's not really a natural food, they still go under yeah. the process. I wonder if, just very quick, I wonder if condensed milk is vegan? Perhaps not. Um, well... I think you can it, get vegan no, probably condensed not. milk, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, because it might be, because it's coming from dairy, dairy origin, exactly. I would think not. Yeah, yeah. so vegetarians could... Uh, could enjoy it, as well as, of course, those flexitarians that we're learning about today. Um, so, yeah, and carnivores could just have a bite of it as well. So, um, the uh, the last one for today, Noreen, is uh, something that I came across on a publication that I occasionally mention. Today will be one of those occasions. The US Food and Tr Nutrition magazine, Eat This, Not That. It's a report that they uh, had just over a week ago, compiled from recent scientific 
report on the benefits of a certain fruit. And the, I'm talking about the most popular fruit. Don't Google it while we're talking, Noreen. What do you think, if you don't know, is the most popular fruit in the USA? Po- most popular fruit? I, I want to say oranges. That sounds right. I mean, you know, California. California, yeah. Coast. I mean, I'd, I'd probably go that. I wouldn't go bananas. Oh, no, and, that uh, makes sense as well. I'm sure, you know, bananas are eaten during breakfast as a snack. So in terms oh, of versatility, yeah. yeah, I'm sure uh, versatility-wise, is that even a, yeah, I think... Banana bread. Banana bread, yeah, for baking, you can put it with your muesli, yeah. you can, yeah. you know, have a... So, yeah, I think there's more opportunities to have a banana rather than an orange. Yeah, well, as well as being popular and, um, you know, for their taste and inexpensive, really, relative to other fruits, aren't they? I mean, they're quite reasonable. Um, The benefits of uh, bananas uh, in your regular eating routine go beyond the taste. They're they're said by uh, Eat This, Not That magazine to provide a surprising amount of support to the immune system, um, keeping you healthier in the long run. But here's a breakdown of some of those specifics. They can help reduce the chance of flu. These are all based on scientific studies, okay? And this first one of uh, reducing your chance of developing flu by eating bananas is um, is that, according to 2020 research in an article by a scientific journal called PNAS, um, engineered banana lectin, that's a type of protein that binds to sugar in a banana, is shown to exhibit flu-fighting activity against multiple strains of the influenza virus. And if eaten regular, you, regularly, that accumulation of, um, of pro- that type of protein, um, banana lectin, can also ward off flu. So that's, uh, that's from a study in 2020. Go bananas! They, Exactly, and if you and, and if that's not enough for you, um, eat them because they can re- help reduce the risk of colorectal cancer, which oh. is the third most common type of cancer among men and women in the U.S. Um, and obviously, in the, around the world, it's pretty high too. And it has the third highest third highest death toll in the U.S. That's um, and so consuming foods uh, rich in resistant starch, which is present in bananas can help lower the risk of, of, um, of that type of uh, cancer, colorectal cancer. And um, consuming foods that are rich in this resistant starch um, just reduce inflammation, which, is, uh, which can bring on cancer, inflammation mm-hmm. in the bowel and the digestive system. So that, that, that's, that's another reason. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go through this. I'm keeping one eye on the clock, Noreen. Don't you worry about that. Um, I've got two minutes, but, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, they can also give you an immune boost after working out. So instead of grabbing a protein shake or bar, you could um, eat a banana, according to a study published by another medical journal, PLOS, um, and they give, a, uh, um, they give an immune system weakening response to the vigorous exercise, including um, giving, uh, lowering the inflammation and oxidative stress after exercise, which is normally on the rise. Mm. It's all getting, I'm getting, getting a bit scientific today. Um, I like it. So, yeah, you like that? Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, they, they, uh, yeah, there's, they, I'm still, I'm, I'm still talking about bananas now. Um, they may reduce your risk of post-surgery complications. Um, so the resistant starch that we just talked about, 
that are found in bananas might be really useful when it comes to preventing adverse post-surgical diseases and they can give an immunity to those as well. And that was in a study that goes back that was started in 2016 that was published in the Nature Immunology uh, um, Journal that found that resistant starch um, may cause beneficial uh, alterations to bacteria in the human digestive tract which can reduce the risk of post-operative diseases specifically. So I'm, uh, I, I, any of these things that you hear, dear listener, you may, you may look up to find more details. Otherwise, there'd only be time probably in the whole segment today to go into one of them. Um, have I got time for one more or do you want to call it a day there, Noreen? Yeah, unfortunately, we've just got 30 seconds yeah. before the news. So, yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll just, well, I'll just, I'll just give you the headline on this one. They can also improve your overall gut health. Look it up on Google, folks. Oh. But but so, but but we'll read the article in Eat This Not That magazine, which is uh, which has got the um, the answer to where these studies came from and some more specifics on how bananas can be a pretty useful part of your diet. Excellent. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for your sharing this afternoon. I'm sure our listeners will immediately go out to get some bananas because it's so good for us. I'm a big fan myself. So let's uh, catch up again on Thursday. Thank you so much for your time this Indeed. afternoon. And that's Andrew Dambina. Thank you.